2: I have the disease the, the the chronic can't listen to gross mouth noise, other noises, symptom... I should look at the. Actual I think that's name. just
3: being a human. Yeah, what? yeah, but there is like a disorder. <laughs> no, I this know. Very
2: specific. My I family know. used to make fun of me all the time for it, as families do with you, uh, and everyone. But what's your reaction like? Do you get sick? Do you get angry? I get like,
3: <laughs>
2: I can't. Uh, sometimes it's a, it's the way people swallow. Sometimes it's the way someone's mouth is not hydrated enough, and they get that like, oh. Um, eating bananas is like a huge no, no for me. (laughs) Uh, My dad used to do this thing where he would like make Swiss Miss instant hot cocoa and he would do this thing where he would like blow on it and then he'd like, (laughs) like slurp it into his mouth. Oh, and I would just fucking flip out. I had to like get up and leave the room, and like take a walk around the block to cool down. (laughs) No,
3: I I understand about it. I get very upset. Um,
2: yeah, it's it's a little it's a little much for me. I even like I feel like when I go out to eat, I feel like I'm constantly covering my mouth with my hand when I chew, Mm -hmm. um, even because I don't want to disrupt people. And there's times when I'm premenstrual where my own chewing and mouth noises disgust me. Oh yeah. And this it's is, so very real.
1: <laughs> so does this disorder have a clinical term? Yes. Yes. Hold Miss on, infoma, hold on. I
3: believe it's called. Hold
1: for it. What were you saying?
3: Misinfoma. Yeah, yeah.
1: We
2: are just filled with fun facts. And when I found out what it was.
3: Same. I was Miss like. Misinfoma.
2: There's a name I for it. I sent it to my family and I was like,
3: fuck you guys. <laughs>
2: it's real. And they were like, whatever, you're still a crazy
1: Interesting that you're talking about mouth noises in general too. We uh we've been getting reviews since 1 week ago when we got a really nice pop and a mention from My Favorite Murder. Thank and, you, lady. And I was like wonderful the, the minute the minute you reach the outside world, you know, I was like, you know, you've made it when the negative uh, reviews start oh, coming in. Yeah, bring them, baby. We're like, we're in the matrix, people. Yeah. We just got a, a petty one star with no comment. Someone who's just like, fuck you and your five star rating. Um, because it was all of our moms and friends who were like, I love my daughter's podcast. Um, and then someone uh, wrote a lovely and helpful review about our levels and sounds and, you know, but mention something because people start to get crazy and will literally critique your podcast for the way your voice sounds. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, cool, can't fix that. But we can work on our audio, which Brian, I'm sure Brian the, Lucas, I, I fixed mine. Sure I changed my voice. was one of
2: the episodes where I was in charge of running the soundboard.
1: Oh, totally. And, and that's just it, too. It's like we do work with a pro. And the truth is we all talk at different levels like some days I'm, a, I'm I'm screaming into this mic and other days I'm not paying attention. So, but I thought that was funny. It was it, it was an overall really cool positive note, but it was like, "Hey, can you just like be cognizant of your levels like audio-wise and That you know. person has the MS symphoma They, they are for <laughs> fucking sure." So, um, Supersonic hearing, guys. Should we welcome our new listeners? Since yeah. we've actually got a nice little fan base now. Bienvenidos, everyone. Hi, Bienvenidos. everyone out there. Hello, I'm Brooke. I have served for 15 years. Hey, <laughs> I'm Andrea. I've good
2: night. I get. I would say probably 10 to 15. I wish I should actually really break it down sometime.
3: Yes, yeah. from,
1: from start to finish.
3: Jocelyn, solid 10 years. I know exactly the date and time. So I, you <laughs>
1: know what it began. Kyle is sitting out uh, this episode because she's touring the world with Jonathan Van Ness as his comedy show opener, which is amazing. Very JVN
3: amazing. NBD. You know right?
1: What I'm saying? Very good. But we do miss you, Kyle. Come Can be back. back. Come, Come back, honey. Come back. Uh, So, thank you, everybody. We got this awesome influx of server submitted stories, which was like pulling teeth earlier, you know. And I appreciate everyone who has sent us some in the past, but I was like, whoa, like everyone has a great. Tale to Tell. They're all really funny writers. They've all been trained very well by My Favorite Murder. You can tell. They're like, oh my god, here's my story. And it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a punchline. And I'm like, they should just host this show, god damn it, <laughs> They're funnier than us. Um, But I, oh, and I had, we had our first uh, fans of the podcast show up at my show last night.
3: Oh my God. Isn't That's that crazy? Amazing.
1: They're like Brooke from Sidework Podcast. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it is. Uh, and I think it was like Bree or Brittany or Beth. It was a B name. I apologize. I was hosting the show and uh in a bit of a crazy space, but thank you for coming to see the live comedy show, which makes me think we will probably start pushing toward a live um podcast show at some point here in LA or the big city? <laughs> yeah, we'll
2: just be working star shifts at different restaurants. We can we can come to the restaurant. And we'll wait on you. That's our show, dude. I would do that though.
1: I mean, why we should just podcast from behind the bar, yeah. tableside
3: guacamole,
1: <laughs> and
3: podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, we just roll up with three mics and a what are those things called? You crush uh, avocados in? I forgot the the Guahole, mortar and pestle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
3: Guadalajara or something. Sure.
1: Well, I uh, I picked uh, two server submitted stories to kick off today's episode. Would Great. one of you like to read one first? Yeah, I have it printed out for ease. Ooh. Anyone first? So
2: this is um from a uh, Cassie, which is at dash Cassie Monster dash. I don't know if it's underscore cast. No, it's not underscore. No. Okay. It is. a Hello, new listener here. I'm not even done with the most recent episode, but wanted to submit this story. I worked in a 50s-themed diner for 11 years. What But it's <laughs> locally owned and better than a lot of other places in town. But fuck, have I seen some wild shit. Anyways, we had a huge milkshake bar. Uh, we have a huge milkshake bar to fit the 50s-style theme. And one night right before... Clothes, This older guy comes in to order a shake. We just got done with a rowdy t- fifty top. Jesus, who all got shakes? Jesus Christ, getting a little wild with that milk. already insane night. That is insane. I can't even imagine having to make fifty milkshakes. Uh, anyway, and so all the shake glasses were in the dish pit, right? Obviously, so the soda jerk gave him a shake in the tin and explained that the clean glasses would be ready soon. He flipped his shit and stomped into the kitchen to yell what? at the dishwasher. I came around the corner with food, like, still in my mouth, probably because it's, she's shoving food in her mouth for the first time after a 50 chop. It's hard work. And promptly told him he had to exit the kitchen and would bring him one when it was ready. Two minutes later, we bring the glass, and he says he can pour it into the glass because we don't know what we're doing. He wound up spilling it all over the table and then started slurping it up from the table <laughs> with a straw. Which was kind of satisfying to watch, but also gross and disturbing. The end.
1: Oh my god! Cassie. Hey, way to shake explain you fucking dick. Yeah. Hi nine
3: one one. There's a psychopath demanding like a shakedown. We call it a shakedown story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, when someone like gets up and marches into an area they're not allowed to be in, I'm like, this person's to start shooting. No, no I mean, it's so, I'm not it, kidding. it's like, hey,
1: listen, <laughs> it's this, terrifying. this is the line that, that separates you from me. You do not have a right to be back here. Yeah, you truly don't.
3: But it's like that guy who stormed the stage with Kamala Harris and he just came on stage all a uh, charging at her. And it's like, what is he going to do? It's like when people are like enraged mm-hmm. at this point, I, I'm running, I'm out of there. If I was her, I'd be running down the street <laughs> screaming for that place. I know. I'd be like, arrest
1: this man.
2: I just think the extra added stress of having a shake station at a diner is enough for me to like go bonkers. I mean, it's like it's like having to do espresso at a place you don't espresso. It's like that one extra added. Yeah, it's a Bloody
3: Mary bar. It's it's from hell. It's straight from hell, and like the (sighs) devil's work.
1: And everyone, you know, it's like, of course, just, just having a good old-fashioned chocolate shake isn't enough for people these days. So I'm sure there's, like, a toppings bar. And it's like, what is this, DQ? Like, you like restaurants make it so hard for themselves where they're like, well, we're going to have the
3: most shakes available in the country. And then they're like, fuck us. What have we done? Okay, we got another story from Kate Simmer at Animal Tales with a Z. Hey, over my 12 years and counting... God bless. Whoop, we whoop. will pray for Let's you. Let's give her a bell. All right. Over my 12 years in counting in the service industry, I've worked at a variety of restaurants. Hoggy Doggies, an <laughs> ice cream place whose slogan was fries. Cute. <clears throat> Ho Made Fries. Cute. H O Made Fries? H O. Okay. To a steakhouse owned by an old fat James Beard award winning quote celebrity, end quote chef. But this story is from somewhere in between. Oh, I feel her pain already. 12 years and counting. While I was in college, I went to the Cheesecake Factory on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Who's I been place. there?
2: I've been there. do. I probably have. The Hobbit hole.
3: Yeah, you go downstairs. It's a real it's like,
2: Bilbo Baggins house kind of a place.
3: It's as cheesecake factory as you can get. Okay. The most mysterious and specific decor in all of the restaurant At the land. bottom
2: of the Hancock building. It's like,
3: here's a magical poop-colored palace. Welcome. Lots of coppers. A lot of copper, a lot of browns, beiges. Okay. I was working a weekend closing station. Oh, my God. And I was seated at a last-minute big top. The hostess apologized, so you know it's bad. Two couples and a fifth wheel... Strawberry lemonades all around. Their food order was the equivalent of a Happy Meal. I go to refill the lemonades and come back and see position one licking ketchup off position six's bare foot. Brooke real quick are all of the stories that we got submitted um have some disgusting licking or slurping action attached there was just just I need to prepare myself emotionally
1: it's okay these are the only two we're gonna read this I don't know but the theme is just kind of writing
3: itself today my god this is beyond off-putting what do you do here I don't know girl I just want to make sure they pay the check, and I feel that. I remember that, especially those late night, because like most of the people are drunk, and they're wandering and they're demanding all this food, acting like crazy people. Okay, back to her story. I know oh. I'm not getting a tip at this point. <laughs> he returns a ketchup bottle to the table, business as usual. So fucking gross, how would anyone find that arousing? I guess, honestly, it could have been worse. At least I was lucky enough to not have a plate of wings thrown at me. That happened to another server during my time there. <laughs> she sucked and we all secretly celebrated. <laughs> Love your show, Kate. As somebody who worked at House of Blues in Chicago, another tourist trap, it's very similar to Cheesecake Factory and probably the clientele they attract. It's, Chicago's like the biggest city in the Midwest and it's a lot of people's big vacation. And you're and right, right on Michigan people, Avenues.
2: You're right in the main shopping area. So that's very
3: touristy, but like, I don't think these are people that go out to eat that often. Or if you're getting late night, it's late night Chicago. Chicago is a crazy drinking town. You're going to get a bunch of ruckus. I mean, that's, that's just
1: Ugh. That's fucking disgusting. That is, like, and you're like, what, what about the other people at the table? Do you not care what they think of you? Clearly... Uh, and then you have to walk up, and because you want your tip, you can't give the hateful, withering stare that you would normally do if you weren't working.
3: No, this you know? is Cheesecake Factory. This is like – I feel like those servers are the most oppressed of any other corporate <laughs> servers. They are so on top of things. They're always on top of refills. They always have that bread basket ready to go if you want another one. Like, Cheesecake Factory is intense in terms of how the servers are attentive You're to the table. are trained
2: like a, it's, it's a cult-like – Training process.
3: They wear all white. It makes sense.
2: That's
1: like that's really crazy to me. I was like, everyone just looks like an orderly at a at a fucking.
3: You <laughs> imagine how often, how much bleach you need <laughs> after a shift with three hundred different cheesecakes. Brian actually
2: has a really amazing story about the cheesecake factory. Wait, was that you? When you were like, no. did one day of training at the cheesecake factory? Wasn't that you? Oh, I applied at the cheesecake factory. But didn't you like walk out after like whose story was that? But I think like what they do is like you come in and it's like you do your first day of training and they show you a video and it's seriously it like me. okay.
0: I I was desperate and went into the cheesecake factory at the grove when they were first opening, and there's like thirty people already filling out an application, so I'm like I probably don't have this job anyway. And then they're playing all their recruitment videos and there's one that starts with. Like the bakery staff going, who rocks the house? The bakery rocks the house. And I stood up, ripped up the application, and walked out. (laughs) They were like, yes, shifts really do start this way at the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) Yeah, that's enough
1: for me to go. And
3: that's how they end. Yeah. So good.
1: Um, Awesome. Well, those were two great uh, first server submitted stories from the new crop of uh, fans. We love you. Thank you. Uh, just drop them in our DM uh, on Instagram until we need maybe an email, but right now we're handling it. And super excited to hear all of them. Super excited to hear all of it. It's, you you know, people have been like, oh, you guys are PTSD inducing. Well, guess what? You're upsetting us also. So it just, <laughs> it's great. It's going to be great. Um, we're working through it together, guys. Yes. And on top of that, all of our voices are busted. Oh, yeah. I went to three
2: baseball games and then hosted a show and got no sleep. No sleep. Karaoke.
1: Yeah, I sang two times this week. Screamed at a baseball game. um, Oh, you went to a baseball game? Yeah, I go to baseball games. Oh, fun. Girlfriend. Yeah, you were camping. We wanted you to come. I was in the woods. I was was up the the
3: mountains in the sea. I've had such a
2: fun five days i have two kinker
1: shows shows sores. say that again start again
2: i've had such a fun five days i now have two kinker sores to wow. prove it,
1: <laughs> it, it What? It, because it's like the alcohol and fat, my like, ph like, is off girl got it no that happens <laughs> gross well i have one uh really fun exciting piece of news that we shared in our group chat um we may have missed it because what is today today's like the 18th right shit there was in San Francisco a rat bar pop up yeah. where, for fifty dollars, you could get one cocktail and then go into a bar restaurant and just pet wild rats yeah. everywhere. But
2: not even, but a lot of them are like rescue rats. It's from like a specific foundation, like that rescues rodent a rodent rescue foundation, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and you can go and hang out with, like, tamer rats, hairless, big, tame rats, and just uh, have a cocktail, hang out with a rat. And it
1: sold out. The event sold out in 45 minutes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when I found Isn't that, that just out. just a
3: reptile convention? I mean. That might be next. I'm sure that's That exists. Nice.
2: Like, I guarantee a reptile convention.
3: No, I know like, they exist. It's lizards like and
2: loggers, you know. It's ooh, a new. Oh, yeah, good one. But. but
1: what? But rats, but I mean, come oh, on, you know how chameleons much chameleons and
2: Chardonnays,
1: <laughs> Ooh, both ch words. Yeah. I I uh, I don't know where this popped up and what community exactly this is, but I was like, my God, this sounds like something made tailor made just for us because we do love a, some rat chat.
3: What dimension are, are we know. living in? I don't know that people are like, oh yeah, fifth for fifty dollars. Yep, Oon drink. I mean,
1: that's all. Un drink. I would, I'd pay it, and then a lot of rat petting and then once you were released from the restaurant with the rats everywhere I'm like also what's the situation did they build just like do they make like little ramps just up to tables so like rats could freely you know just be like hello pop in and you know maybe garnish your drink with a little cherry you
3: you must get the drink after you pet the rats I think you get like one as a submission you get like
2: one drink while you're down there and then you only have a certain amount of time you can be down there and then you can like go upstairs to the regular bar and like defunk, or just be like, or talk about your rat
1: experience. I don't know. All I know is people live in, t- in tents all over Los Angeles because there's a housing crisis. But we've got people in San Francisco who will pay fifty bucks for one drink and to pet a rat. So yeah, it was a bunch
3: well, this of. This is a place nerds. called the
1: San Francisco
2: Dungeon. Um, they kind I of thrive know. on the underbelly of. What San Francisco is. So they're constantly doing different pop ups to kind of push the envelope. So, what, you know, so that's what the rap
1: bar. All right. And it is kind of like a haunted house theme or something in there, too. Yeah. They
2: do all. Yeah. They do. Hi. It's not October. Thank you. It's a uniquely thrilling (laughs) attraction that will whisk you back into the Barbary Coast's most perilous past. So, you're basically talking about when the city was like, you know, Nothing but, like, a gold-mining, like, pit stop port town with, like, mud streets. And there were rats everywhere. The good old days, when everyone could have
1: as many rats as they wanted.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Mm,
1: No, thanks. Anyways, I just thought that was an enjoyable...
2: Oh, my God, it was the best. When I saw that shit and I texted it to you guys, I was like, This is the best day
1: ever! (laughs) Okay, so, I, I mean, we were ragging on someone paying $50, to have a cocktail and pet a rat, which I think is a great segue in today's topic of being a server and um, dealing with money, learning how money works. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I will say, I don't know how how you all feel about money. It's a complicated topic, you know, I feel like. Clearly, we live in America. Like the the American dream is to, you know, be a rich capitalist, whatever. And there is something about the first time you walk away from a shift in a restaurant with that stack of cash and you're like, I'm doing something right. Oh, because like to me, that's how it's always portrayed, like in cartoons and movies. Like, I, I, when I think of money, I think of Scrooge McDuck, like diving into his pool filled with gold coins, rolling around on a bed that has dollar bills all over it. And you're like, hell yeah. I made all this
2: money. As a young server, first getting into the business, too, especially if you've only had jobs where you like maybe were a barista or worked in retail, that first serving job that you get. And you have that first. And for me, like it was like the first night I made like over $100 was like, I think balloons dropped from the ceiling. You know, I was 19 (laughs) years old. Like it was a huge deal for me then. And then that bar kind of just keeps getting raised over and over again. And you're like, now I had this mug. Now I had that mug. And when you're young, oh, no. A lot of that just gets like spent immediately. Like less responsibility, less things to pay
1: for.
3: Burning a hole in your pocket.
1: Oh, dude. I mean, yeah. I feel like because for me, it, definitely everything was uh, a minimum wage job prior to waiting tables. So I literally worked at a record store for five twenty five an hour. I have also never worked so hard in my life. Uh, the, the shit they made me do at Tower Records, like, it was so much manual labor, organizing, dusting. Also, we had a porn section. We were one of those Tower Records where they would have, like, the little saloon gate that was, like, 18 and above if you want to see some dongs and dingleys. Um, I'd be getting tingles just right? thinking about it, bro. Uh, my manager, who hated me, by the way, would always assign me, he would roll out a giant cart of gay porn and for to mark and label and because everything was out in the open you can't actually visibly be able to see anything offensive so he would give me a roll of black dot stickers and i'd have to spend the whole day covering anything sticker offensive and dongs? sticker and dongs and these are vhs cassette tapes so it's like so many sides you know like with just dongs everywhere dongs on faces you know it's like and I'd be like, "Fuck you, Jason. Not cool." But he'd be like, "Whatever. It's the it's the job." Blah blah blah. And yeah. And so I would just be stuck labeling porn all afternoon. <laughs> hey, but on the
3: bright side, you got to you got to learn probably a lot more about yeah, dicks. about human
1: anatomy. I didn't learn anything. There's I felt big dicks, scared. small dicks, I know. thin
3: dicks, fat dicks.
1: <laughs> she was she was trying, if you see a dong, cover it up. <laughs> no. That's where I'm at. I was like, Oh no! Like she
2: makes all her suitors wear black dots on their dicks all the time.
1: Don't do don't, it, Brock. No, do it, Brooke. No, do it. But it's like you're sitting here. I was like 19. I was still a virgin, and then you're like over in a corner, Just I was like, I've never seen anything like this. Oh my god. Oh god. Very terrifying. Scared, very scared. But um, you know, and not in a homophobic way. I was just like, this is all so violent. <laughs> Everything. It's a lot. Porn's a, porn's a lot. Porn's gross. Uh, you know, I like erotica. But anyways, I'm off track here. I'm off track. I like Bronte. <laughs> so sorry, that was a roundabout, very long roundabout way to just say, you know, it's like at the you get your paycheck and it was under 200 bucks for two weeks of work. And you're sitting here, my expenses weren't crazy in college, but my rent was about $300. And that leaves you with barely anything for food. And I was almost putting in 40 hour weeks and going to college. And you're like, how do I make under $500 a month? That's Nuts to me. So the first time I walked out with a stack of bills I was like oh my I was drunk with power. And they were all ones and they were it was like d- dirty, filthy, rich yeah. but also because the bills are actually filthy and gross and had like coney sauce stains on them. And cocaine perhaps. And cocaine. But um, so I feel like there is such like a psychology behind <laughs> physically seeing and touching cash versus getting that measly paycheck
2: yeah absolutely i i love walking with a big stack of cash and like i was always the kind of person because i would go drink after my shift when i was very young but i had
1: i was only allowed to spend half of my stack <laughs> see there we go that is oh some wow yeah great budgeting and money tips only spend half the stack which was a ridiculous thing. Like I
2: shouldn't I should have saved more. But again, when you're young and you're serving, it's a different game, I think. You're barely scraping by all the time and it's something that you're you're just used to doing, correct?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, the fun thing was is it's like I was making more money being a waitress prior to my awful small paycheck, which I would actually budget out of that small amount. And then here I am making twice the amount suddenly, but I still turned it all into fun money and was poor. I was constantly poor because I was rich, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I was like, I can spend. I'm like everyone else now.
3: Do you remember I used to do that bit about being drunk rich? About how Ooh. when I got drunk, I got rich. And oh, i yeah. buy everybody's drinks and... Spend all my money at the bar, and then wake up and be like, "What happened?" Like credit card <laughs> being like, spent... five hundred plays." Yeah, five hundred plays of shitty on music on the jukebox. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're. You bought five hundred plays of music. No, I'm just saying like, that's that part of the bet was, like, I wasted all my money oh, on drinks gotcha, gotcha. and, like, shitty jukebox well, and totally. bad food.
1: So that's the thing is, like, you're walking around with, like, maybe one or two bills, you know? Just you're like, I got, like, 200 on me right now. And it's like, dude, it's nighttime. You ain't going to a bank. If there's know? anything
3: more fun than having money, it's spending money. Uh, uh, yeah. Dude, of
1: yeah. course.
3: Of course. And,
1: right, when you've, like been unable to have like treats and, and, and do, you know, things that your friends who are rich are able to do, you suddenly, when you're cash rich, you know, I feel like that can be a really slippery slope because the truth is you probably don't have savings whatsoever. Everything is like, I'm like, you're literally doing like YOLO every day with that. I'm fun. I'm 40. I just said YOLO, but where you're like, Hey, listen, I've got it now while it's good. Like, let's go you know, let's go spend this shit how it likes to be spent. And I think too, when you make less money and you're in this industry, I feel like there is such a generosity that we all have. Like we we're all kind of poor, but we all throw down at each other's restaurants or bars, and we're yeah. all just basically like yeah, we're paying all, each other exactly. Certain, I've said uh, that for a long time.
2: We've all we're all just giving each other back like the same hundred dollars over and over and yeah. over again. It's
1: like a snake eating its tail, you know. Yeah. And but the
2: fucking funnest snake eating got it. That
1: Because I feel like, too, you know, there's this thing where, like, maybe in the real world you're not a high roller, but if you walk into a bar where the staff knows you and you're treated like, you know, royalty, there is, it, it gives you, like, this sense of, like, value and I belong somewhere and I can be a high roller in this one situation, you know? Yeah. Totally. Hence, hence me being always broke at one point losing my bank account entirely because I overdrafted it so well, many times. And even – and yeah, I
2: I, asked, I I did that too. But I also lived in a cash world where I just had cash on me all the time. Like I feel like the good first portion of me being in like my early 20s and waiting tables, I never paid any for anything with a debit card. It was just like cash all the time. Go. Here you go. And carrying stacks of it on me, you know. that's a whole other thing. Dude, Andrea,
1: I remember, like, when I would come over to her place when you were right on, like, Lincoln Boulevard, or mm -hmm. is that the, like, I'd come over and she had, like, this flimsy back screen door that was, like, a tiny latch. Because you were broken into. Oh, yeah. You got robbed. But I would come over and she'd have just, like, I don't know, $1,500 in (laughs) Cash Andrea. just laying around on your coffee table, like no. I don't remember having like fifteen hundred dollars cash laying around it was, my coffee table. I counted it because I was like, "What in the fuck?" It was like seven hundred bucks just out. Yeah,
2: that would. Yeah, and then you
1: got robbed because they're like, well, "No, there's a mark. Any,
2: nobody took that money though." Like when I got robbed, no, no money was taken because they didn't. I had made a deposit, I think, but they I, came I, I was deposit also for when I. <laughs> When I worked in Chicago at IU, which is a beautiful day spa, because if you don't all know, I'm also an esthetician and a skin witch, and um, so we would get little envelopes, little like tiny Manila envelopes, with tips in them, Mm -hmm. and they would, and I would just, and they would wrap them because you get them the next day, and they'd wrap them in like a stack with a rubber band, and then I would like toss those like into my underwear drawer, and that would be like fun money or whatever. But Brian would always complain because they would be like everywhere. Oh, I'd have like different stashes, like a fucking squirrel saving for winter. I like love around that. The house. How fun. And so he'd always be like, here's another envelope with $20 I just found. And I'd be like, oh great, look at the next 20 bucks. And he would just shake his head at me. Like, I mean, when we were cleaning out our apartment to like move to LA, we I, I must've found like, not, not all of them had money in them. The majority didn't, but there was like, I found at least 50 envelopes just like hanging out. (laughs) around the place yeah
1: dude cash I know and cash is like so crazy that way too because you're like when I mean, it's gone it's gone there's like no insurance on it there's no bank protecting you not that banks you know are are reputable institutions what do you
3: mean banks have Wells Fargo has my back
1: <laughs> <laughs> The banks are always looking out for us guys big banking always looking out for us but I mean I when I didn't have a bank account you know because I fucked myself out of one Washington Mutual was like you may not have a bank account young lady and I was like okay I guess I'll just go to the the check cash in place. And then I also kept like uh, money in a shoebox under my bed. Yeah. And then I was like, I should probably try and fix this because the check cash in place takes 15% of your check. One of my first big
2: purchases and like being able to save for and get from waiting tables was buying myself a couch, which was okay, like.
1: that's big. And it was
2: yeah. like a it was like a $700 couch. And I was tr- like twenty five years old when I got it and it was a huge deal because I saved my money and then I walked in and I I'm pretty sure I just I had to pay with a card, but I paid for the first half with cash and then like the other half was a card. But God, it felt so fucking good. I felt so accomplished and I was like, I worked so hard for this money. It was during the summertime. So I was flush with cash because it was patio season. So there's just it's just little things like that where you get these first pings of accomplishment. Like and I think that when you're a server The gratitude, the gratitude because of gratuity and like the honor of walking with everything you've earned at the end of the night is pretty fulfilling, correct?
1: It feels, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it feels great. And and I like, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, me personally, um, not realistic human, it's taken well into my 30s to you know finally get smart about money because I think too, like. You start to get into the psychology if you're like, I have no savings, like I'm making a lot of money, but I still have nothing to show for it because I'm not taking this cash seriously because it's literally walking around with me. And when I see something, I pull out my wad of cash and I buy it because I'm an idiot. And I, I, I think I went through some of the poorest times being a waitress before I figured out how to try and, well, you know what? A large part of that was when I was working at a more legitimate restaurant that actually gave you paychecks two times um, you know, a month, and you actually had to report your tips and whatever, and so that helped me um, visualize more of a budget. Were your tips
2: sense. on your paycheck?
3: Uh, y-
1: uh, credit card tips were on paychecks, and we got to take home uh, cash, obviously, at the end of the night. But That's yeah. a nice way to break it up. It I is. think it's
3: really hard if no matter what you're doing work-wise, if you're getting paid in cash, there's a huge difference between that and a paycheck because mm-hmm. there's no tracking. Right. If you get a paycheck and you deposit in your bank account, you have an exact number in your head, you know that's what's in there.
2: Well, I, I remember the first time I was ever like, Wait, what do you mean you're going to put my credit card chips in my paycheck? This <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. bullshit. Like I got upset about it. Um, but then you do see the benefits of it. You are paying your taxes more accordingly. You are doing things safer because that's a whole other oh, dude. fucking bag. Is like claiming tips and how much should you claim and what should you do? Because I mean, cash is untraceable. You can't really, well, you know. Of course.
1: And I mean, that's the name of the game. Like with the in, like with the restaurants you're working at, if a place is like we're cash only, like I'm telling you, they're cooking the books. It's just people are looking at them probably with a, a more you know, um, suspicious eye, it used to be very much the norm. New York is like cash only everywhere. Uh, and, and you were like, okay, so this can't really be traced, which I think it can breed this whole sort of nefarious attitude toward cash. When you want to start to like do it by the books and do the right thing. I realized I was like really like developmentally behind the curve when it came to money. And I was very, very scared of money and doing money, quote-unquote, like, the right way. And, I mean, I went for years without paying my taxes, and so, I mean, I was living in this hellscape of... I truly don't think you should say that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, but I did them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 I mean, okay, like, so I was young and didn't... I was so scared because I thought, like, oh, man, I'm so poor. I didn't do, like, three years of of claiming my taxes. When I went to H&R Block, you know, just filled with shame, like, I, I thought the lady was, like, going to... Arrest me, report me to the government immediately. She's like, Oh, no, no, like you have up to three years to file back taxes on certain things or whatever. And she's like, You're getting back like $3,000. And I started crying, but because I was just so shameful and felt dumb and out of control with money, that I would get overwhelmed and hide from it, like hence leaving my money in a shoebox under my bed. It's like,
2: I think you're just young and scared. Young and scared, the Brookview and story. It's so true. And I was
3: divorced.
2: I, but to every yin, there is a yang, right? Mm-hmm. So there are the nights where you don't walk with shit. That's tough. And that's scary because it's always a crapshoot because you never know what you're going to make. You never know how your section's going to do. You never know if you're going to be first cut. You never know if you're going to close. You know, these are all things that factor into that stack of cash that may potentially be great or measly.
1: Measly, measly, right. Peanuts. Um, here's a fun thing to maybe consider. Jocelyn, aside from right now, what's the poorest you've ever been?
3: Good question, Brooke.
1: <laughs> is there is there a
3: time? Uh, is my this the worst ten, it's ever been? Ten years ago, when I was leaving, I, I came to L.A. for a vacation that I couldn't afford, and I rented a car that I could, I put it all in credit cards, And I had the most lovely time in L.A. It was springtime. New York was miserable. And I remember just saying, I don't I don't I haven't worked my way to L.A. yet. I can only move when I get a job. And then a month later, I got a job and they gave me a thousand dollars to help cover my moving expenses to L.A. Which at the time for me was basically a million dollars. That was the poorest. I my rent was six hundred fifty dollars in a one bedroom of a four bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. I didn't have the money for rent. I sublet my place to a girl, and that's how I got the rent covered. Is her actually moving in and me moving out it was the only way. I, I had no money. I was babysitting. I I, I had sworn off restaurant jobs forever. And this is the beginning of 2009. I got fired from my last serving job in 2008 in September. They told me I wasn't the right fit. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Restaurant's been closed. Um It's
1: going to be on your tombstone. Not the right fit, I guess. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it was the first and only time I've been fired from something and it really I was like never again. So I had this little dirt bike you remember like a like a like a little boys bike not like a a motorbike, but like a, like a BMX little trick bike. And I would drive it around to all these places to babysit in Brooklyn. So I was barely, I was juggling between like four or five different families and I barely had enough money. Again, I didn't have enough money for rent when I got that job. That was probably the poorest. And I just had loads of debt from three years of living in New York and putting everything on a credit card. Absolutely. Yeah. Meanwhile, before I left for New York, I was making a ton of money. I'd saved up at least I think it was ten or twelve grand when I moved to New York, which I immediately spent.
1: Oh well it goes. It goes it goes so fast. So fast.
3: My rent was thirteen hundred dollars in my first place in New York.
1: Yeah, that's and and that was two thousand six. I was gonna say, yeah, that's thirteen years ago and that was when I was paying. When I first moved there and was paying $900 to live in the common space, I was just like, "Yowzers, this is a lot of
3: money. And guess what? It only got worse. Yeah, but nobody told me about Brooklyn. So, like, I no. didn't ever explore Brooklyn. Mm-mm. I was only looking at Manhattan like a total dumbass. I know.
1: But now it's kind of the opposite, which is a whole other thing. But – um I you well. This is when I was your neighbor. I mean, you and I definitely Mm -hmm. were the most poor at the same time together. Oh yeah, kind of in and out of restaurant jobs, getting fired, trying to get our comedy careers off the ground. That was
3: the time we had. We found the heroin mom. Yep. And we only found this. We'll tell that story another time. But we had been in Manhattan. We went to go see our friend Reggie Watts perform (sighs) when he used to work at this place called The Box. What a nightmare factory. Still around, but. We took a cab back because it was five in the morning or something. Yeah, and we ran out of money, so the cab could only take us so far. <laughs> but it was freezing out. It was it was cold. There was ice all over the ground. It was snowing, so we had we had to like get out of the cab and walk the rest of the way home. We were like, can I can mean, you that,
1: stop here, sir. Like yep. we at least got over the bridge, which is like the yeah, biggest turtle. Yeah, that was a
3: huge turtle. But like <laughs> then we we're like <laughs> scraping together our ones. And trying to make sure, see how long we could go. Well, was, because I
1: I didn't have credit cards. I mean, yeah. I wasn't allowed to.
3: But it was you also know. before like digital, except, you know, money mm-hmm. all, everywhere. Oh, yeah, you like, could
1: only do cash at yeah. this point, too, in, in cabs. But, and, right, and so like, yeah, it doesn't even, doesn't even matter that I wasn't able to have a credit card. It wasn't going to take it anyways. But, yeah, and then I went back to my place that was 600 bucks. I was living like such a hobo. And uh, I literally, this is, it's kind of a bad joke, but I was like, I was literally dirt poor. I had one sad little plant that I was like, you're my only friend, <laughs> like a tree grows in
3: Brooklyn, you know, and mm. you carried it around with you and tried to pay with it. everywhere <laughs> <you went. laughs>
1: But I was just so proud that I was keeping this like one little plant alive and I had knocked it over. So lost all the soil, you know, something dumb had happened and I didn't have, money to go to like a little neighborhood hardware store to literally buy like a $5 bag of uh, soil. So I snuck across the hallway to my landlord's apartment where she had plants outdoors because there was a skylight in the hallway. And I took like two Dixie cups and I stole dirt from her plants to repot my plant. And I was like, I think that's the definition of dirt poor. I was dirt poor. Wow. Wow. That's That was a moment. That was a moment. Or when I decided to not go home for Christmas so I could make $200 pet sitting a chihuahua in Queens because I was like, big money, big, big money worth not having any happiness for seven days. Woof. I definitely
2: like uh, remember really not having a job. It's when I was living in Chicago and Lincoln Square and like couldn't afford could could afford my rent, couldn't afford to do to go bowling, which we would always do every Thursday. It was this big ritual um you broke we were there and like friends of ours had. And it was the point where I was like, I knew they had <laughs> I knew they sold Totinos frozen pizzas for a dollar at the dollar store. So I'd eat those sometimes. Very like living super, super fruit like frivolously. Would be able to drink for free at Bad Dog Tavern. So that happened a lot. But I do remember Not being able to afford to go bowling and like all my friends pulling together and be like, come on, we got you. Like, we'll pay for your bowling. It's like not that big a deal. And I think things picked up after that. I was always able to pay my rent, but just scraping by. Like, definitely. Do you remember the part in your life where like quarters were of such high value because that's how you did your laundry?
3: Laundry or just girl, co- they still are okay. Quarters, we don't yeah. all have washer yeah. dryers and no, units. sorry, I, I but apologize, also,
2: but a, they're you're right, they're I, I need them, I, but I, love I, them. I understand the value but of a you quarter, you guys.
1: Four quarters equals a dollar, right? That's big money. I still think quarters are big money, yeah.
2: No, I agree. I, I like a quarter and a change if they if the change jar quarters. is full of quarters. What yeah, a, what a, a happy cash change. in that whole day. So while all of this was happening and we were almost broke, we all had, we were all waiting tables, right? Like all of us were.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the so- reason I went so crazy broke in New York in those last months is because I refused to work at a restaurant again. Yeah. If I had yeah. picked up restaurant shifts, I'd be making way more money. But at that point, I was performing and trying to perform as much as possible. So I didn't want to work nights. I definitely didn't want to work days. I didn't want to have to go into Manhattan to work. And then come back because my dog Jones was home, so like the babysitting thing, mm-hmm. it's it's, it's. I did it too.
2: I I also I waited tables, and did like the nanny circuit at the same time, which is kind of an interesting combination because sometimes you're hungover when you see those kids you know. in the morning
3: hanging out with. I the baby. guarantee you, I was hungover most of the time, which is. Embarrassing, but also such a twenties in your twenties oh, thing to do. Uh-huh. Are you kidding we still,
2: me? I saw it a great time with those kids. Those kids had yeah, a great I time. Yeah, it was
1: still great. I napped when they napped. Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, but that was the very poorest. When I'm talking about the poorest, I was is because I was trying to draw a line in the sand and be like, no more restaurants, because I was making. Well, I think on record, like, and it's it is what it is. Seventeen thousand dollars is what I made that year by holding my ground and being like, I will make it on comedy money. I mean, it was like that level of like, oh my God, I am so, so poor. (laughs) Like this is... And then I had to go back to a restaurant and then that ended up being a great experience and I got my life together. Also, restaurants
2: will feed you for free most of the time. Never forget. Yeah.
1: Okay, at least while you're struggling in the in the restaurant world is like, okay, I can commiserate with everyone else I'm working with. Some of them are kind of in the same boat, and at least we know with with around our circuit, we're going to get deeply discounted food or a free drink cuz like it's just part of the I was I feel like everybody that I ran with, we were all on the same page as like
2: what level of like tip jobs we had for the mm-hmm. most part. Like I saw so the kids that worked at all the fine dining restaurants and shit, I kinda knew them, but I was like, you do what and you do where? Like I kind of tried to get in Ooh, yeah. and work at one of those. I never quite got there. But those fucking talk about being 25 and walking with something like four hundred dollars every night. That's
1: insane. Dude, that's, I think prob- I probably would have like found my way into some sort of hard drug habit oh, yeah. just because of the money, you know? But oh, I have one crazy other memory in living in New York and being that poor. And so the weird thing about comedy and being a comedian sometimes is, like, lawyers will just suddenly be like, I'm a comedian now. And, like, they're lawyers by day. Like, it's there's so many lawyers who became comedians. And then there was this one guy who was, like, a big finance bigwig who was also doing comedy. And we were going to go hang out uh, at this bar in the Meatpacking District, which if you're Poor. It's like, why are we going here? This is so expensive. All my money just to right, walk through but, this room. Right. He was like Mr. Bigwig, but I'm also like, well, f- thanks for like not wanting to pay for anything for me, but insisting, you know, we go here. So I was like, well, listen, I got to stop at an ATM, and I took out twenty dollars, and he started cackling at me. He's like, I've never seen anyone just take out twenty dollars, and I was like, there's nothing mm. else to take out, like. This is it, you know, and he fucking laughed at me being poor. I was just like, whoa, dude, like, yowzers, fucking dick. Oh, boy. So anyways, but there's an upside to this. We're going to talk about how we all got better with money Amazing. how you can get better with money. We just wanted to chat about the bad side of not being able to deal (laughs) with your cash and your money skills when you're waiting tables, even though you're making that bank. But the good news is we are going to return with a part two to talk about a lot of awesome money management and money earning skills. We have learned, and that you can too. I think it's important to have real talk about money. It's a tough, taboo topic, especially for women. Um, and we want to be your new Susie Ormans. Yeah, but I tell you what, I will say about being
2: irresponsible with your money. Maybe at one point, I had a great time spending this shit out of all
1: that cash. Me? You kidding me? When you're poor, you're happy. I'm sorry. You're like you're like whatever. I'm living for today, and I'm gonna do what uh, gets me through today. There's no future. <laughs> 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 and then one day the shit hits the fan and you're like, I better start saving something I, I'll feel I'll feel good about also being responsible and if I may quote Jocelyn Hughes the the world's on fire the earth is burning uh, we might not be here in 10 years so I don't know maybe maybe it doesn't even matter that we're talking about being good with money <laughs> We want to talk obviously as you know about serving jobs Alan when yes. it, when did you get your start was Because I know you told me that you had this one job, but was it your only job serving? Uh, No. No. Okay. Let's talk about it. Did you start waiting tables in New Jersey?
0: I did at the Applebee's in New Jersey. Oh,
1: you are our second Applebee's employee uh, to grace the podcast.
0: Oh, we are the few, the proud.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How long did you stay?
0: I got Applebee's when I was in my senior year of high school. I can't believe I've... Blocked most of that out. Um, not senior year of high school, just working at that Applebee's. Because uh, in every serving job that I've ever had, for the entirety that I had worked there, I was a second away from getting fired. Like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I stayed in jobs purely through charm in the skin of my teeth, uh, <laughs> waiting tables specifically. And I, yeah, I worked at the Applebee's in my hometown. And I don't remember much except there was a girl that also worked there that we would flirt a lot. And we went to high school together. But nothing ever happened.
2: Were you a were you a server? Were you a buster? Were you a host? I was a
0: server, baby.
2: Wow. Right. Here's my question. How old were you? you were 16, 17? 18. No, 18, 18, yeah. How old do you have to be to serve alcohol in New Jersey? Um, that would be eighteen. Okay, great. Okay, I was so say you, eight that was a years old. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a thing where like you got hired and then like you had to be nineteen because in Nebraska it's nineteen, but you would get hired but someone else had to like drop your drinks for you. Really? Was a, there was a I'm sure there was there's situations like that because some places yeah, it's it's 21. don't
0: hire people that are nineteen. I, maybe maybe
2: you're right. like a couple
1: months out, but they Not really like yet. you, you know. I've never gotten a job on someone being like, oh man, you're going to be great once you're 19. (laughs) Uh,
0: I I have. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh,
1: Once you're, oh baby, once once you're you're 19, once you're legal, That
0: That that reminds me of when I was, uh, I think it was like 14, everybody, it was like when the When the Olsen twins became 18, people like we were all like, yeah, oh, dude, the Olsen twins are 18 now. I'm like, (laughs) we're 15 years old. Why are we so excited about that? Like, (laughs) I think here was the logic. Here was the logic. Oh, the Olsen twins are 18. They could they could do Playboy now. Like, that's what we were excited about, even though none of us could get like. Could get a play. Well, the first Playboy I ever saw was had a uh, China, the wrestler. Oh, Chyna. that's cool. Yeah,
2: she's cool. She's dead.
0: She's dead. Oh, that's very sad. She's dead. And the guy whose Collectors, house that we went to know. uh to look at the China Playboy, he's also dead.
1: <laughs> no, oh, no. I mean, Wait, yeah, it was a cursed did magazine. Did you touch it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I did touch the magazine. It's not. I'm still alive. Uh, only dead inside. All right, well, Only get in your
1: pal. Clearly, you're a little bit of a spunky troublemaker. Um, a little stinker. You you're a might little say. stinker, absolutely. And so, I, I feel like you took that uh, talent—I'm using air quotes—and <laughs> uh, <laughs> somehow coerced your way into a job waiting in Times Square at mm-hmm.
0: at first. Ooh, okay. Applebee's.
1: So you took that experience from New Jersey and you did a transfer. Yeah. Oh, you transferred from one Applebee's tr- to another Applebee's. Did, did not
0: transfer. Had to apply for the job, and I was a food runner for several months until I became a server.
1: Hey. Okay. And yeah. Which which Applebee's?
0: Also in the 50th Street one, which was I mean it's technically Times Square, but it's the largest Applebee's in the world.
1: Wow. Good Impressed. God. Wait, wow. and was it Nick Turner worked at the TGI Fridays in Times Square? Really? And so you guys were like serving buddies, just trotting oh. up and down. The main drag of Times Square. Okay, so Applebee's. You know, we we were talking like, especially in Times Square, uh, so much tourism turnover. People who don't know how to eat, the be in public.
0: Worst human beings. They are the they're the filth of that every country has to offer
1: <laughs> that come
0: to these places. They truly are. Ugh, they are monsters.
1: And what I mean, because you have to expect. <clears throat> Okay, tourist destination and people coming from other countries, how often were they, like, forgetting to tip you?
0: Oh, you mean constantly? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it, it was bad. There, um, and also all of the – oh, man, all of the drama from that Applebee's. I got fired from that Apple, Applebee's because I had to go home for a doctor's appointment. Okay. And I had somebody to cover my shift, and then they didn't put it in the book.
2: Oh sure. All and then they had a no sh- call,
0: no show. And my manager, I showed up, I showed up for work, and then, he, uh, you know, did the what's the thing that you do before you go
1: a pre shift meeting. There we go. There That's we go. the mm-hmm. Um, shift shift meeting.
0: And he was like, "Hey, Alan, I wanted to, Why don't you come here? I want to talk to you." I go. You go. You had a no call, no show. I go. No, I didn't. This person was covering for me, and she didn't show up. And she called you guys and told you. And he goes, "Well, why don't you follow me?" And goes over to the book <laughs> and goes, "Well, it doesn't seem to be here, does uh, it?" Because he just didn't like me. But he got fired a couple of years after that. And I. The
2: small m- amount of power that man had.
0: He was like, "Why don't you go home and then call me?" And I was like. Oh, that's nah. not going to be good. I did. Then he said that we're going to let you go, and I just screamed, fuck you in the phone to him. <laughs> I I called him – a. I think I called him a piece of shit too. Uh, but that was a rough time for me. Uh. Yeah.
2: How long did you last – were you at that job?
0: I was there about a year.
2: But I'm sure once you were released – you were just like, this is the happiest day in my life.
0: Like, I mean, I, I know how to
2: make money, and I know New York's hard, but like being, like going, like being free of a situation like that.
0: I got fired, and then also my roommates had asked me to move out oh. wow. because one of them lied, and my other the my other former roommate years later was like. I'm so sorry that I we put you through that. It was just – or I put you through that. She, Allison was a liar. She was filthy. Like this woman, <laughs> I've never thrown up from being so grossed out by of something before. She left for the weekend but was in a rush and she had clogged the toilet. Oh,
1: come on. With the uh. biggest
0: shit. And the it smelled so bad. It smelled like something legitimately died. And so I had to unclog the toilet. <laughs> and somehow there was some shit in the sink, like a speck <laughs> of it.
2: What? And then they asked you to leave?
0: Yeah. And then I was the one that was like, can you ask? And so my, my friend Courtney... They shared a room, and then when Allison was asked to move out later on, she goes, "Yeah, there was just a line of dirt, like brown and dirt surrounding her bed from when she left because they uh, like shared a room."
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it was people awful. People go pretty feral um, at that age. And at that time, you know, New York, you, there's a lot of, like, you, you kind of run home to hit the hay, and then you're out the door again. I mean, that's how I lived my life, but I'm also, like, a frantic cleaner. So I, I just, I was like, listen, messy's one thing, dirty, not okay. Oh yeah. Dirty is like come on and you're you're like I feel like these people were never made to do chores or just something there's like a real psychological something going on there. And I bet none of them probably like waited tables or knew how to serve other people because you learn s- to like really prioritize cleanliness when you work at a restaurant. You're re- sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is so lost in I
2: don't know memory I, I know right people now. who worked in the service industry that I knew especially when I was in my early 20s and they were some of the dirtiest motherfuckers I've ever met
1: yeah oh, man. you know what I will say dirty, No
2: dirty boys no,
0: no, no restaurant that I've ever worked at have people who are pretty respectful of other people's food even if somebody was really shitty I've never known a person like hockaloogie into somebody's shit.
1: No, I we have talked about that ad nauseum too, and it really it's personal. It's never going to be just like a ra- a random hit. Yeah, you where were you're like, me- Ha-ha! you are like every fifth me- one. Yeah, you know, I put my finger on my butt and then put it in the <laughs> <laughs> and then put it in their soup.
2: That's
0: that's that's what you do <laughs> to put somebody it in you their like
1: soup. exactly. You, you, know? get, you want to get
0: you want them have a taste up. of you.
2: I like put my finger on <laughs> my butt and someone's soup, but it's burned.
0: But the first day that I God worked, damn. the first day that I worked at the Applebee's in Times Square, I was running food, and French onion soup Ooh. fell on onto my hand,
3: oh. like right
0: there, and I had to go to the doctor because it just the burn was so bad, it like bubbled up. Because that
2: shit comes oh. like right out of the salamander, like, and you have to take it out. Oh correct. yeah. Why
1: do people eat that? It's like a soup that gets delivered, yeah. and you have to wait 30 minutes fucking, for it to be safe. I love a good
0: French
2: onion
1: soup. Yeah, you're wrong.
0: You're wrong on this it's front. It's delightful. Uh, yeah. have you ever had the, had the French onion soup at the Dresden?
1: Uh-uh. Maybe great. I will. Is Monday it? Monday night. I've got to show yeah. their Monday night. Come, come through.
2: I do like it. Plus, it's just like... It's got it's got crouton in it and then cheese. If it's done, Jeez. well with three i like It's saying, supposed it, to be done. It is
1: a it is a nightmare thing to deliver as a server, sure. you know. Oh yeah, it's te- that and fucking fajitas.
0: <laughs> oh god, eat your own shit. Restaurants have have those skillet trays.
1: <laughs> Ugh! You always have to be like, "This is hot," and it's like on fire with like oil spitting off of it. Yeah, and be like, "Don't touch it," you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always like, "I'm touching it." Plate. It's
0: like we, we have to have that. we have to have two plates because wood has to go underneath this too. <laughs> so you like that was Applebee's did that shit all the time. They would have like a sizzling uh, f- apple fritter or something like that, and then. It would just be (laughs) literally the fires of fucking Mordor are in your hand.
2: Did you ever see, like, other than your hospital burn, did you ever see a really bad burn from like a fellow server? Anything that happened?
0: Um, Yeah. This one time, uh, this guy said, uh, one of the other servers said to me, Hey, why does your breath smell like dick? And I go, Cause I was sucking some dick earlier. What do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> that was my burn on him. Oh, uh, I
2: see. I see
0: he that I learned that at that job of, is if you just take an insult that somebody throws at you and go, "Yeah, it's true." What are you What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do? I was sucking a dick. You got you have more of a problem. And he was just like, tch, tch, "Whatever, dude." And then walked away. He was so mad. He was so mad. That actually happened at Dave and Buster's, not at Applebee's. Wait, I'm you sorry. were to Dave
1: and Buster's too? So this is a, I'm like oh, sitting here my like God. patiently waiting.
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> we buried the lead. Buried
1: the lead. I'm chomping at the bit. You got to talk Dave and Buster's. Yeah, get in job. there.
0: My <laughs> Vietnam.
2: Oh, you're shit.
0: Truly. Wow. It was. Uh, there were good times. There were bad times. I got that job because of a sur- because of a bartender. I knew at Applebee's her boyfriend was a manager at the Dave and Buster's
1: also in Times Square,
0: also in times oh, Square. Oh. in Times Square, like legit Times Square. Uh, I almost got fired my first day of training because I told one of the other, <laughs> the, one of the guys, uh, <laughs> I like looked at him dead serious. It was for like, he was like, "Oh, excuse me. I go. Watch it, man. Or I'll fucking kill you." <laughs> and I was like I like looked at him dead serious and he later on he was like, "Dude, I'm I'm like from the hood. When that when you said that to me, I almost I wanted to drop you, and (laughs) I was like, "Okay, I'm sorry." But the manager called it. Luckily, this guy Chris. I'm just a
2: goofy improv guy, trying out a character.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, the the manager who then became like general manager, and I think even regional manager. Like he's he was everybody's favorite manager. He was the best. He kind of looked like Sam the Eagle from.
1: From the Muppets, like
0: real thick eyebrows, uh, gray with like black eyebrows. I love it. And he was like a funny guy, a goofball, and I believe mo- all of our all of our managers real had really had drug problems. Um,
3: yeah.
0: Oh, what's par his, for the course. A par for the course. There was one guy I can't remember his name, but he had the biggest coke problem and he was the worst guy in the world. He was just dumb. He was like really dumb and bad at his job. Uh but, So
1: like for me too just cuz I need a refresher. I haven't been to one in a while. Can you paint d- a picture? Paint a picture of like a typical like Dave evening, and Buster's. Dave and Busters. Yeah.
0: Chuck E Cheese with alcohol. <laughs> that is Dave and Buster's in a nutshell. Uh,
2: and cavernous, right? A big place.
0: Huge, yes, very big. Um, I once knew the history of it because you had to learn it when you were training, and I forgot all that shit because it's uh, unimportant. Mm. I think I that can't they can look it
1: up if you need me to. But go
2: on. <laughs> how many tables? Like how many sections were there at this place? Jesus
0: Christ! Well, there were three areas. There was the game room, which. Was a fucking nightmare if you ever had to work in it because it was the furthest away from the kitchen. It had its own bar, <laughs> and uh, you just like got the worst clientele in the fucking world there. Plus,
2: no one's like sitting at their table because they're like you up and oh, yeah. moving Right? It,
0: they were. They would lock those tables down for hours. <laughs> there was no like moving in <laughs> and out. They're like, this is where we're gonna keep our shit. Where our while our little rodent children run (laughs) off and, and play.
1: Ski ball. Shooting
0: hoops. Shooting hoops hoops or all these other games that are like casino gambling light type things. (laughs) Uh, God. And then there was the bar area, like the sports bar where, where there were high tops and I, the cocktail area. I, exclusively did cocktail. I never worked in the like the dining area. And I say dining because it's not really dining, it, <laughs> is it? No. Uh, so that's where, those were the three kind of sections that things were broken off into. I worked exclusively pretty much in the cocktail lounge or in the fucking game room, which was a nightmare. The only, I think the only reason... That I never got fired from that job, I I I got to quit triumphantly, and boy, was it fucking beautiful! Uh, I didn't like do something, but it was just like felt so good that I'm like, I get to be done with this. I'm (laughs) out of here. You don't you don't tell me that that I leave. I tell you I leave. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Did you fold up your uh, apron and throw it on the ground? Did you slam dunk it on one? I gave him like two weeks. Oh, and you were pro about it.
0: I was a pro about it. Because I was like, if I ever fucking need to come back here. But I honestly <laughs> think that they would, have, they would have never hired me back. The only reason I did not get fired is because I worked all of the shitty shifts. I worked the day shifts because yeah. I was doing comedy at night. Yep. And nobody wanted them. I worked one night and that was Sunday nights. I love
1: that you were the day guy. Mm-hmm. Did you make good money? No. No, I- I'm also thinking too just the sound of – Video games and like, like score and bloop, 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 bloop. Like and then like, probably loud music techno. on top of it. I'm Bla- sure
0: it was fine. The game room was fine because you could just drown that shit out. What you could not drown out was the mix, was the mix Ugh. that never changed oh. day in and fucking day out. <laughs> that it made you want to eat gasoline <laughs> it made you want to just eat gasoline because it was so horrible it was the same like 25 songs oh I that's hate rough it made me hate layla by eric clapton
1: oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. you got me
0: on your knee was layla. it the
2: unplugged version yes okay
0: um Oh, I forgot that I would do this. So, this is one of <laughs> this is one of my favorite things that I ever that I would just do at work. Sometimes I'd be so fucking tired the next uh, from the past night. Is that they would have two people working in the game area during the day, which sometimes uh, which was unnecessary. <laughs> Even if the even one person was kind of unnecessary because the bartender mm-hmm. could handle it all. So what I would do would say, Hey, do you wanna do you wanna take all my tables and then I'm gonna go sleep in the bathroom? Because they had the big employee bathrooms and I would put a chair in there, lean up against the door, and turn the light off, because they were individual ones, and I would just Sleep for a couple hours.
2: Like fucking out. Like dead sleep. out.
0: Sleep. <laughs> like sleep in there. <laughs> and those bathrooms are big. One dude got fired because he fucked a customer in them.
1: Oh, whoopsies. Yeah.
2: That's a real Dave and Buster's like thing, I would think. You want um, like the full experience at Dave and Buster's.
0: A guy this was one of this was during one of our pre shifts. This is one one of the pre shifts. One of the food one of the food runners slash bussers called one of the waitresses, uh, servers. I'm sorry, uh, a bitch. So she maced him.
2: Like during pre shift.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she maced him. Um. And then he started dating this other uh, server.
2: Wait, so nobody was fired?
0: Because no, of this? that that woman got who maced him got fired. Of course, <laughs> of course she got fired. But <laughs> she <laughs> maced him. Uh, one of the other one of the other servers started dating the guy who got maced. I go, I go. Oh, you're dating somebody here? She goes, Oh yeah, this person. I go, Oh, mace face. <laughs> She goes, that's not funny. I go, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what were my other employees like?
1: Yeah, like what were your coworkers like? I'm just trying to imagine clientele and then also the kind of people who – I imagine like Times Square you
2: get like all walks of life of people. Oh, for sure. Better.
0: Yeah, all walks of life. Um you know, I had an entire Puerto Rican family try to fight Snooky from the Jersey Shore one time while we were there. Cause, it, and I say that because it was after the Puerto Rican Day Parade,
1: right? Right, uh, right.
0: And Snooky had it coming. Yeah, and Snooky had. it.
1: What was Snooky doing there? That was just like a I, fun, I just mean. like,
2: dude. What was Snooky doing there? Of course, fucking Snooky's hanging out at the Dave and Buster's yeah. in Times Square. That's <laughs> like super Snooky. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. It's so snooky. <laughs> also, one time, uh, Anne Hathaway got <laughs> like tried, yelled at management because their her brother was making out with her boyfriend with his boyfriend, and they're like, "Hey, can you guys not do that?" She's like, "Why? Because they're gay?" And but <laughs> like, no, just just don't. They're stop making out in our restaurant. That's all. Right, uh, right. But it might have been. Well they had Sean
1: Winnie I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Honey, come here. Oh,
0: well, I think also they had Sean, our gay manager, go and talk uh, and be the one to tell them that to not yeah. do it. Uh so but also it probably was homophobic based. Uh but also why are you making out in a in a, a restaurant and a, slash and a David David and and busters? Yeah. Uh, I mean
2: I get it. That shit I get it. It's like Chuck E. Cheese plus liquor. It makes me wet and hot and horny and want to fuck, but Yum yum yum. I contain myself until I get home, you know.
0: Yeah. Or that was like some. That's what somebody had told me. I wasn't there. I didn't witness this. I heard it like the next day. I
2: feel like there had to have been like holiday party action or something. You would get good money during or like big parties that would come in during the day or kind automatic of automatic grat situation. We ha-
0: okay. So the reason why I stayed there for so long is because after about six months, I started working there. They go, "Hey, we're putting gratuity on every fucking check."
1: Oh hell and yeah! It yes.
0: was great
2: that's magic
0: it was so it was so great because and you know why it was magic because a lot of people didn't fucking notice the automatic gratuity on there so you got double tips yeah and as every server knows if there's autograt and somebody tips on top of it you do not tell them
1: nope no you don't say shit
0: you uh, being a server made me a bad person. (laughs) It makes you a little bit of a bad person. It's
1: a hustle. Uh, Yeah. But you're also like, it's not my job to explain the bill to them unless they have a particular question, you know, cause like what, like I'm going to circle the line that says gratuity included to make sure they know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you
2: get double tipped there and you keep the money, there's no way you can go back to the Amish land now. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) I did have a woman pull me aside Cause she goes, here's this. My husband's a terrible tipper. And like it was around the holidays, and I think she gave me like 50 bucks. Uh, but there was also autograt and he did not notice. I oh, so- yeah.
2: love that.
0: I worked with some really cool people and some really fucking horrible people. There were so many sca- – there's a dude who I really liked. He was like funny – And I could like fuck around with him, but he was stealing people's credit card information and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Like, had one of those scanners that you buy online, could swipe people's cards and then like have it and make a copy of it later
1: oh, this is literally like you know for for people who listen to this podcast who who are curious about servers you know and then on our job and what we do gotta say I've not never heard not of this never no
0: it is not it's like the fbi came in and stuff and holy schmoly and had been watching him for a while and then busted him
2: did they like come in and they're like table for two in this guy's section and did they sit in a section make him wait on him and then like at the end they were like you're arrested. That, because that'd be pretty baller. That's how I
1: would have done it. I would have done done it that that way. They didn't do it
0: there. Like they went to his house. Yeah, boomer.
1: Because, like, whoa. I mean, (laughs) that's fucking terrible. Jesus.
0: Here's a tip: learn the difference between kindness and niceness, because niceness can be faked and kindness cannot.
1: Wow. God damn it. Nice save. Nice save. Guys, okay, so here's a tip. You all ready?
3: Ready. And it's not really a great
1: tip. I think this just goes to I want to underscore fucking tip your Lyft and Uber drivers, people, you know? If they are getting you to and from your destination while you've been drinking, like they're the new weekend warrior, you know what I'm saying? They're the ones who are out on weekend nights driving everyone's asses around and they don't do that great. You know, the system is is set up for failure for a lot of them. So yes, like a couple bucks when you tip on top of that. And if they're chatty and cool and whatever, I've had the best time networking, talking. Usually they have... Hopes and dreams and aspirations, just like anybody else, and this is their side hustle too. So if I can take care of your Lyft and Uber drivers, people. All right, well that's it for this week's episode of Side Work. Um, again, thank you so much, everyone who's new and listening. We love you. We're excited that you're connecting with us. Send us your stories, and uh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that five star button if you if you like what you're listening Smash to. Smash it!
3: Smash! Smash it. that five star button. <laughs>
1: Okay, Joss. Joss, your sound Um, levels are... I don't care. Fuck you with the sound levels. Let's end on some mouth noises and ASMR. Mm. (laughs) Ah, Okay, Andrea ah. just died. All right, see you next week.
3: Hey, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please review us on iTunes. iTunes. And follow, subscribe, do all the things. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Baby, we in your face.